3: And good morning, good morning, good morning. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. I had planned another topic as late as 7, 8 p.m. just a few hours ago, but I couldn't overlook this anymore. I first saw the video, I believe, Sunday or Monday, and my natural instinct, was to say that the video was fake it was just it was just unreal it was too hard to believe but it's real and as I go into the topic this morning it's important that I state this officials say crime on the city subway lines is down four percent this year if you happen to believe that that's what the numbers show. So we now know the station agent recorded the assault. And maybe, maybe, folks, it's real personal and raw with me this morning. Maybe, maybe I was in denial having looked at the tape because of what I went through as a child with my own biological mother. You folks have heard me uh, talk about it when uh, my mother, uh, chronic, paranoid, schizophrenic, when she would snap and would have to uh, be hospitalized. So what I'm trying to say and what I'm talking about this morning, the unhinged man brutally beating a 60-year-old woman with the wooden cane, striking her some 54 times. 54 hard blows until the would-be weapon literally broke apart. And it's caught on camera, and it's at a Harlem subway station. And then when the cane wasn't available, he used his belt. And after using his belt, he then turned to haymakers, if you will, severe punches. And at one point when he's not sure if the woman is alive, he kicks at her now motionless body several times, demanding that she get up. And we have to be honest, uh, The the woman lives in a shelter and she's got some issues going on as well, but that's still no excuse for what happened. And, you know, I, I don't know if she's suffering from some type of mental illness, but certainly her attacker is. And, folks, I am telling you from my own personal experience that these individuals with severe. Mental illness must, must, must be hospitalized and forced to take their medication. That's what happened with my own mother. And so what you're about to hear this morning, let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. 800-848-WABC, 800 848 what you're about to hear is hard and difficult to listen to. Again, I think I saw the video Sunday or Monday and I, I, I just, I looked at how vicious it was and I just kept going. And I said, this can't be real. And so I want you to listen. We're gonna play a good part of it and in, in parts here of what happened. And I want you to listen to what it sounded like But I also want you to listen to what's in the distance, what you can hear in the distance, in which you hear him hitting her and the woman moaning in tremendous pain. Take a listen, folks. Oh my
0: goodness. Okay. Yes, the only weapons that are used. Yes, there are injuries. Yes. She's being hit with a cane now. And the cane's broken on her.
3: He's in the middle of a full... ...mental health episode. And I know what that's like folks. And you, you hear the tap, 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 but it's not a tap. It's like a stick. That's where he's striking her each time with the cane. And then you hear her going, ah, ah, and she's defenseless on the floor. And he's punishing her for whatever may have ever gone uh, wrong in his life. I want you to listen to another part of this. and so the woman that you can clearly hear is the agent and folks you can't blame her you cannot blame her what is she supposed to do she's calling it in she's trying to help to the best of her ability many of you many of you folks have heard me open up uh that my uh mother was uh my biological mother was diagnosed with chronic paranoid schizo- uh, schizophrenia. And as a child, I, I used to be very embarrassed by this. And as I became a man, I was still embarrassed by it. But then, um, once, uh, once, uh, once Oprah Winfrey and her magazine told my story, I opened up and, and I've become almost an advocate since then. So, As a child, as a toddler, right here in the city of New York, as a toddler, I was removed from my mother's care because of these severe beatings when she would have these mental illness episodes that she would inflict on me, and I was placed in foster care, the foster care system of New York City, the same notorious system that we report on every day I was once part of as a toddler. And now I see this video, the 60-year-old man brutally beating the woman with a cane in Manhattan at a Harlem subway stop, 800-848-WABC, 800 848 I'm talking from personal experience, from my own childhood, again, the only way to deal with people in this situation is that they must be institutionalized. They don't, and in the moment they don't see anything wrong with what they're doing. They hear voices and and I'm going to get to some of the underlying factors in just a second. And, and you know, they could be dehydrated, especially in weather like this. And, You know, being institutionalized, that's exactly what happened to my mother, right? Institutionalized for months at a time. Every year, I was a little boy. In fact, I still look at the documents that from Mount Sinai Hospital, my mother had to obtain in order to be released for just a 48 hour pass. And so the psychiatrist would give her a 48 hour pass to come see me as a child, as part of her therapy, as part of her treatment, but it had to be supervised visits because frankly, uh, the system didn't want her to kill me. So when they go into these episodes, they really believe that what's going on, that they're not doing anything wrong. The voices that they hear, they believe that they are correct. They have an enormous strength and the best way I can describe it, folks, to be honest with you, is that it's, it's a, a ticking bomb waiting to blow in a bad, bad, bad way. So the man, the unhinged man, strikes her 54 times until the would-be weapon broke apart, and this is all caught on camera. The woman is, is homeless, and uh, she, she appears to be mentally ill herself, to be honest with you. And she was exiting the southbound 2-3 uh, platform at the West 116th Street Station at Lenox Avenue. This happened at about 3.15 a.m. So when people, you know, everybody's John Wayne on the radio, but when you're in that situation, what are you really going to do? 3.15 in the, in the morning, the, the, the agent happens to be female. What is she supposed to do? She called it in. And so the woman at certain points, and we see your calls coming in, folks. We're going to start with them in just a second. The woman fights back. She's trying to defend herself. And she seems to get control of the cane. She swings it at him and he hooks the cane with his umbrella, pulling the victim down to the ground. And it got a lot worse. He picks up the cane and literally starts whipping the woman with it as she struggles to get up three and a half minute video, a video that is very, very, very hard to watch. He's recorded screaming at the woman as he repeatedly whacks her with the cane. At one point he says, now you learn. He's in a full psychiatric mental health breakdown. He's yelling uh, because uh, he had several garbage bags during this assault and he says, I was trying to be a brother to you. I helped you walk up the stairs and you just happen to fall down. Listen to this again, folks. I
4: help
1: you with a walk up the stairs. Just have your fall down. You can put
0: everything
1: back in your thing. I'm coming back with that. She is black? I was trying to be a
5: brother to you. We
0: are a Between 5'7 and 5'9? Gray shirt, black jeans? I don't give a
3: you you hear we we have several beeps there because we, we have to because of the language uh, that was used and he's he's stating he's yelling, I was trying to be a brother to you. Now we don't know if these two knew each other once once the mental health element kicks in, all bets are off. Remember what I said, and I know from experience, a ticking bomb, waiting to go off. So the incident was caught on video. We're going to start with your calls by an MTA station agent. A woman, you hear her in the background, who called the police but didn't leave the booth to intervene during the duration of the video, right? Even though they are now allowed to step out of the booth and interact with commuters. It's 3:15 in the morning in the middle of Harlem. Let's be real, folks. So his arrest record uh, includes nine arrests dating back to 2003. And uh, the woman, as she's on the floor, she's trying her best to deflect the, the blows with her feet. She's kicking, trying to defend herself. She's trying to stand up, but he's hitting her hard in the head and body. And when she finally grabs hold of what is left of the cane, the man takes off his belt. You could literally see his backside and he starts whipping her with the, with the, uh, with the uh, belt. And again, he says, I help you with your F Walker and you fall down and you want to blame me. He's screaming. She's uh, stating, call the cops, call the cops. She was rushed to Harlem hospital And police uh, questioned him and apparently let him go. But we don't know if they saw the video before or after. We don't know if they excused it. And this is really no excuse as two homeless individuals. We don't know as of right now. So I'm not going to blame the police. His past arrests include two assaults, one against an on-duty police officer. Remember what I said with the mental illness. A ticking time bomb. They think that they think that what they're doing is right. And weather like this, when it's really hot, they're dehydrated. It's a ticking time bomb. God only knows when's the last time this man had his medication. And so, uh, one arrest was against an off-duty police officer. One with an on-duty police officer arrested for criminal trespass, criminal possession of stolen property. Uh, his last arrest was in 2019 when he was arrested for drug uh, p- possession. The victim, the woman, she's originally from the Bronx, my home borough, but currently lives in a Brooklyn shelter. And as of Tuesday, she remained in Harlem Hospital. I want you to listen again. Uh, if Just bear with me for a second to what actually happened.
0: Gray sweatpants, white shoes. <laughs> Gray sweatpants, white sneakers, black shirt. And now he's and now he's beating her with the ba- beating her with the. I. Ba-
1: uh,
3: and <laughs>
0: yes. and the, per-
3: the other person says right. Now the agent is doing the best that she humanly can to describe what this man looks like. He's having a full manic breakdown, and this is not John Wayne, this is not Hollywood. She doesn't just leave the booth and say, "Hey, stop it," And then he stops. I'm sorry, folks, it doesn't work that way it, it perhaps for her safety, it was the best thing to do to stay at a safe uh background a safe uh distance and to phone it in as she was doing. That's what you just heard now the woman uh the the victim here. And and I promise, folks, we see all the calls from Pittsburgh to New Jersey to Manhattan, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. We're going to start with the calls in just one second. The victim at Harlem Hospital, she spoke to reporters. But something that I found very disturbing at the end of the video, if you get a chance to see it. So, again, at one point, at one point, she's just laying there, as anybody would, after that type of beating and you can tell that he's nervous that she may be deceased, and so he starts nudging her and kicking her with his feet to get her to move and telling her to get up, but she won't move. And then at w- what I found bizarre and, and this is the part that has me confused, she then uh, he he's he's very upset and he's walking away and uh, off to the side. And then she pulls down her pants. Now she's on the floor. She pulls down her pants, and from the waist down, she's nude, and the whole thing is bizarre. So imagine the police that got to uh, that that have to deal with this type of uh, situation. Okay, folks, let's go ahead and start with your telephone calls. Byron in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, this morning. Good morning. You are on Talk Radio seventy-seven WABC.
4: Hey Dominic, um, I mean this with the utmost of respect. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, but you guys voted for this crime wave, just like Chicago did, and L.A. and Philadelphia. And every
3: day I listen to WABC. Okay, so wait, wait, Byron, do, do me a favor. Define you guys well collectively the city as a whole okay. because, they okay. got All right. because because I didn't vote for this and, Oh, no, and, I, not personally yeah no. okay okay and, and 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 to to be exact i don't live in the city of new york but but i would never vote for something like this but anyway please continue i got i got your point collectively yes agreed go ahead the the city voted for this chicago
4: voted for it they the guys that that ran on a you know, let everybody out of jail, don't prosecute crime. They they didn't hide anything, and they got elected. And every day I listen to WABC, and everybody's weeping and gnashing their teeth. But, I mean, they the, the city voted for this. So it's slowly committing suicide, no question about it. And I, I just wanted to point that out. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck but you got to admit this
3: the city voted for this well it, it it goes back numerous years but but we still have the 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 mental illness problem and i don't understand thank you for the call byron in pittsburgh this morning i i don't understand um to be honest with you, because I, I remember, even all these years later, what, what would happen when my mother would go off the deep end. And that's why I was removed from her custody and, and placed by the city until other family members were able to get me out. So I remember that if she got that look, what that it's like a blank look in her case, and then she would go off, completely go off. And when she would go off, to be frank with you folks, it meant that I was often—and I've never talked about this part of my life. It meant that I was often hospitalized as a child for the severe beatings here in the city of New York of uh, what my mother would engage in. And so—and she's deceased now. And uh, you know, it's easy—it's a lot easier now for me to talk about it, but it's still painful. And, and the point that I'm trying to get across, folks, is that it, it's a ticking time bomb with these people on the street. Innocent people are going to die. You've got to get them off the street. There's no playing around with this. There's no wiggle room. If for some reason they don't take their medication and they don't like taking the medication because they say that it makes them feel like zombies, like they're dead. And you don't know if they're taking the medication, and if they're that. I give Eric Adams some credit for 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 trying to push this issue along, but something has to give. It really does. Lisa in Brooklyn. Good morning, Lisa. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. I just want to say I know you suffered a lot of
6: hardships, and the scars are still there. But you have to understand, you should be so proud of yourself. You became a great human being. And even though your mother was mentally ill, she did love you because she had you and she did not have an abortion. So just keep that in mind. Your mother did love you even though she was mentally ill, but you became a great person through it all.
3: Well, thank you, Lisa. That's that's very kind of you to say. Uh, but when you go, I, I'm just being real with you folks, completely real this morning. When you go through this type of trauma, it's, it's a lifelong uh, effect. And I hear you about the love and and so on. And that's why I titled my book, No Mama's Boy, because I've never had a traditional relationship, mother-son, with my mother my entire life. And thank you for the call, Lisa. And, um, you know, it, it's tough, folks. It, it really is. You've got to get these people off the street. They, they're a bomb waiting to go off, and you don't know what they could look at you and they could look perfectly normal. And you don't know, oftentimes, until it's too late, you have no idea what's about to happen. And then they go into full attack mode. And if I don't know, I don't know if you folks have seen this before, but it often takes three, four, five police officers to restrain someone when they're having a a, a, mental, a mental health uh, breakdown. Let's go to Max in Manhattan. Good morning, Max. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
7: Dominic, thank you for taking my phone call. Uh, there's a, I'm going to tie this in. I'm not, this isn't a sort of a side, side note, but there's a doctor on YouTube, a dentist, female dentist by the name of Blanche Groob, and she discusses how the excess of mercury in the fillings and in the vaccines can affect one mentally. They can have mental, oh, okay, mental okay, can, can,
3: okay. Do me a favor, Max. I, I have to be honest with you. I I don't have the patience for that with the life that I've lived. So can you please get to your point?
7: I, that is the point. Is it, you say you were going to tie
3: something in? You say, Max, people. Max. You say you were going to tie something in. So what are you tying in here?
7: That I'm, I'm pointing out that this dentist is pointing out the amount of mercury has something to do so, with our. So mental- you
3: want me to accept that one dentist? That makes this uh, observation or her research, and, and I'm supposed to seriously discuss this?
7: No, it's not one dentist. There happen to be hundreds of dentists who are talking about it, but she's a well-known one who happens to be on YouTube.
3: Okay, and that makes her credible because she's well, a dentist when, on YouTube?
7: When you read her, her history and her association with a Dr. Huggins, who also has a very long, uh, long okay, history. Max,
3: Max, Max, do, do you have another point you want to make? I, I'm not going to engage in this.
7: No, I, I expected this, Dominic, because I Okay, thank you a
3: for pack. the call, Max. Have a great morning. Let's go to Michael in New Jersey. Good morning, Michael. What's on your mind?
7: Yeah, good morning. To start off with...
4: I'm tired of hearing they're crazy. They're crazy. They're crazy. You notice how all these crazy people always go after women. You know when you know they're crazy. That's not
3: true. That's not yeah. true. That's not yeah, true, Michael. That's not true. Here's the thing. You want to know if they're
4: crazy? Let him go after some six foot five. He, it was in Harlem. Let him go after some six foot five black guy, and M- then I'll say he's crazy. F- first,
3: first he of all, first crazy. of all, first of all, Michael, the the race of the individual should really have no no impact. No. I'm talking about the
4: area he was in. If he was in a white
3: area, okay. But but Michael, they they do—they do do go after people that a lot. You're not hearing me, man. You're not. See, I I am hearing you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Number two, you say it takes five policemen. to, to I said handle it can. Security. I said it can take up to five, six okay, no, police officers. Takes,
4: no, no, because the policemen don't want to hurt him. It takes one policeman. He
3: takes out his cell Michael, his celloph- Michael, do you, Michael, Michael, you know I love your comments. Do you understand what you're saying this morning? But I'm do- talking from experience. I'm not just talking for the sake of talking. They become super strong. Super strong use the
4: telescopic steel nightstick that they give them one whack in the head and i guarantee you he's going down
3: okay thank you michael time for a break folks here on talk radio 77 wabc we will be right back with more of your telephone calls from long island manhattan brooklyn the bronx and new jersey
1: Hot radio 77 Double This is Dominic Carter everybody Radio 77 WABC.
3: And we are back. We are taking your telephone calls. 800 848 WABC, 800 848 9222. We're talking about the situation that occurred in Harlem using a cane. An unhinged man savagely savagely, uh, attacked that woman, uh, hit her more than 50 times until he broke the cane. Then he uh, beat her with a belt. Then he punched her repeatedly. And it's yet another example of chronic and untreated mental illness. And as I've been saying with you folks, I've been down this road my entire life with my own biological mother until she died. And she spent a lot of time uh, institutionalized during my early years, frankly, for severely beating me. And uh, we, we we have to, society must institutionalize these individuals to make them take their medication. Please, folks, understand what I'm trying to explain to you. They could that snap at any moment, at any location. They oftentimes hear voices in their heads. Uh, the weather, when it's warm like this, they can be dehydrated. It can trigger uh, the behavior. And when it happens, they they can hear things like they believe little children are talking to them. In my mother's case, she believed mice were talking to her. All documented. Uh, it, it could be anything. And when they go off, there there is no stopping them, and it can be very very deadly. Very deadly. Let's continue uh, with your telephone calls this morning. Let's go to Barry, East New York. Good morning, Barry. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
9: Morning, Dominic. I'm retired EMS. And when we would have a psych patient who is one of the most dangerous jobs that you could possibly have. Absolutely. I recorded one in the subway, and the patient was on the subway tracks, And she was screaming. It took six police officers and my partner and myself who were both six feet, 200 pounders. And another thing about these people, uh, I grew up by my grandmother's house. I spent a lot of time there. She lived next to Brooklyn State, which is on Clarkson Avenue in Brooklyn. It was a psych hospital back in the 60s. And the patient's. A lot of them were allowed to go out during the day. They went to jobs or wherever they went. They would leave at 9 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning, and come back at 4.30, 5 in the afternoon, completely controlled. There were never any problems. Why? Because they were supervised. They had the level of supervision that they required,
3: okay. and they had
9: a good quality of life. It wasn't like they were locked up behind bars.
3: Agreed, Barry. And, and and from listening to you, it's clear that, that you've worked with, uh, with uh, people with mental, with mental illness. It, it's very evident in terms of listening to your comments. And you see, I, I understand that people call up and, and they think that they, frankly, they think they know what they're talking about, but they really don't. Because until you've been in this type of situation, you have no idea. And I, I've seen repeatedly where it takes three, four, five, six police officers to restrain one person, male or female, once they get going in a full uh, episode. And those officers can be stabbed, uh, cut, bit. Uh, 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 a lot of bad things can happen. Thank you for the call, Barry. Greatly appreciated. Let's go to Christine in Manhattan. Good morning, Christine. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Can you hear me okay? Loud and clear.
6: You're absolutely right, and the gentleman from EMS that just spoke is absolutely right also. I've been a psychiatric nurse since I graduated nursing school in 1975, and I had close family members that suffered from mental illness, including my stepsister who committed suicide because of it. And I believe that that is the reason why I went into psychiatric nursing. And I have gone into seclusion rooms, broken all the rules because nurses never do that. But I did it because I knew I could do it. And throughout my entire career, I was never hit by a patient.
3: Okay, but wait, wait, Christine, when you say you went into seclusion rooms, elaborate what that means.
6: A seclusion room is a special type of room where somebody who's intrinsically violent and dangerous yes. is locked up. my mother up.
3: was in them several times. Okay, so now I know what they're basically a padded room.
6: Basically, yeah, it may not be padded, but basically you got the idea. And uh, nobody goes in there alone, but I had the skill where I could do it. So, wait, I Christine, wait, ma- 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 from going- I-,
3: I need to ask you this and then you can make your point because you, maybe you can help me here on a personal level. So looking over all my mother's psychiatric records, right, from Pilgrim State to Rockland State to Bellevue to hospitals in Georgia, she would attack tech technicians, right? With a, one said that she attacked them with a um, a nail file, I guess what women do their nails with men too. And they oftentimes they would give her large doses, like fifteen hundred milligrams of th- therazine. Th- th- Does That does sound correct. Yes, 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 yes. And thorazine is that something? Is that use. something to put to put them to sleep immediately? What, what is why why is that done? Do you know? There are a number
6: of different kinds of medications, including thorazine, phenothiazines, that are antipsychotics. Uh, Mellaril, uh, Prolixin, many different kinds, and it's variable how long it takes to act before the patient responds and calms down. Uh, so you, there's no one set rule for that, but under controlled circumstances, it always works.
3: Usually, so it's about. Tw- so they, they did. They did. Um, they they used electrical shock in my mother's case and straightjackets. That doesn't happen anymore, correct or no? Or it does happen.
6: Wrong and right. I worked with a patient in uh, the Payne-Whitney Clinic who passed away, unfortunately. He suffered from schizophrenia, and they called it intractable violence. They tried everything on him, including electroshock therapy, which is not designed for schizophrenia. And uh, they had, a, had him on a mega dose of Thorazine. It didn't touch him. And yet I was able to go into his room when he was in the middle of a violent fit and untie his restraints and work with him. So there's a lot that goes into it, and I cannot explain it in this one brief phone call. But everything that you said about this is true. The person is responding to, to what they call internal stimuli, frequently voices Uh, telling them, ordering them, command hallucinations to do this or do that, and frequently very dangerous. And this was controlled. As the EMS guy explained very clearly, they had psychiatric hospitals. They had fountain house. They had areas where people could be medicated and live useful, productive lives. And these have all been closed During the Bloomberg administration, the Payne Whitney Clinic, one of the best psychiatric hospitals on the planet, was bulldozed. That's the New York Hospital. It's gone today. And uh, Bellevue, many other hospitals, uh, the Beth Israel Medical Center, Bernstein Institute, treated thousands of psychiatric patients. It's gone. Same thing with St. Vincent's, a huge outpatient department. People were in inpatient, outpatient. They were successfully treated. It was bulldozed. So now these people have been dumped on the streets and into the subways where they and the general public are at the mercy of these diseases, illnesses. And uh, now they're putting... uh, illegal aliens in in a state hospital instead of using it for the people that it was designed for which are the people with the mental mental illness it's an outrage and I'm furious about it and I well, this happened a lot of this happened under the Bloomberg administration
3: right but Christine, is, I'm sorry go ahead wrap it up please
6: well it's not safe and it's an outrage and it has to be stopped.
3: Thank you. Thank you for the call, Christine. Thank you for the uh, expertise in the field. Let's go from Manhattan to Brooklyn. Let's say good morning to Jacqueline. Good morning, Jacqueline. What's on your mind?
0: Good morning, Dominic. Um, Just, I think I understand the point that Michael was trying to make, except more often than not, when he tries to say something, it doesn't come out right. I don't know if that's done intentionally by design or it just is the way it comes out. But, There is um, it is a little bit curious why many of these attacks on innocent people, they are not uh, people that are capable of fighting back. So they although they are dealing with these mental issues, they seem to have a certain amount of uh, of discernment and common sense. They don't generally attack people that are bigger than them or can take them on and defend themselves. They do usually go after defenseless people. Um, And just a a quick situation. Uh, My father, when he was in his working years, he worked in the sales industry and he had a young fellow. He was in his mid twenties, maybe close to 30, Hispanic fellow, very nice looking, very nice guy, very well-mannered, very polite. He would have dinner at our home. I was a teenager, Um, And he was friends with another man in the office, and he went off his meds. No one knew he had mental issues. He attacked his best friend. He took a a ceramic mug that was on the desk, smashed it right on the top of his skull. And his friend happened to be a smaller man than he was. He wasn't a very big man, but he was, you know, in a little bit better shape than his friend. So you just never know what may happen. And you may not know the person next to you has some sort of mental issue. They could be complete, appear to be completely normal. You would have no idea they were on any
3: such type of medication. You're correct. Therein lies the problem. Jacqueline, thank you for the uh, call. I wish I had time to follow up, but I'm late for a uh, break. And I'm sorry that that happened. The situation where the ceramic, mug or whatever it was, was, uh, smashed over the friend's head. And, and th- these are the types of things. And I, I don't want to, I don't, I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way. That individual that was hit was lucky. It could have been a million times worse. And when they, when the mentally ill attack, they attack and it's with enormous strength. They think that they're right. And sometimes they don't come around into hours later. We're discussing the situation of what occurred in Harlem. When I first saw the video, my first reaction was that this could not be real. But unfortunately, it was very real. Time for a break. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter and more of your telephone calls from Long Island to Riverdale, Brooklyn, Westchester, the Bronx, and New Jersey.
1: W-A-B-C. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC.
3: She fought with everything she had. I'm referring to a colleague of mine. I spent many years working with her beloved New York One journalist, Rochelle Boone, who bravely came back to the anchor chair this year after a brutal battle with pancreatic cancer died Sunday evening, Rochelle was only 48 years old. Now, she worked at uh, New York One as a reporter and anchor for the last two decades, and her death was confirmed in an uh, internal email shared with staff and some media outlets, and uh, the memo says she was a dedicated and principled journalist to the very end. She was. She fought with everything that she had, and uh, according to the staff at New York One, uh, in her last week with, with the uh, staff, she was still working on ideas for her show and sharing thoughts for making New York One a continued beacon, beacon that is, of truth for New Yorkers. She survived by her son, her husband, Todd. I worked with Todd in the business, good guy, and her two sons, Jackson, 12 years old, and Carter nine years old Rochelle will be terribly missed. So I'm, we're discussing the situation in Harlem where the woman was attacked by the unhinged man. And you can, um, if you can't get through on the phone, you can send me some comments at Twitter at Dominic TV. You can follow me on Twitter. You can send me a comment. I may use your comment live. I'm looking at a uh, tweet from Melanie, Melanie Weiss, M- Melanie T. Bird Weiss and Melanie, you are correct. She says, Mr. Carter, I went through having two mentally ill, violent, delusional parents. The callers this morning will never understand the power, physical, and psychological and lifelong trauma, and Melanie's correct. Unless you've been in this situation, you really you think you know, but you don't. Let's go to Kathy in New Jersey. Good morning, Kathy. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Um, what I'm
5: seeing is this was a ho- this was horrendous. It's heartbreaking, but there have been many out of control incidents on the street okay and what's going on with the migrants and and all the disorder and the upheaval and these people and i don't mean these people i mean these souls are being put out of shelters put put out of where they're living that is going to trigger them and anyone to have a breakdown and i'm not saying it would go as far as violent
3: okay Kathy you you're uh, you're 8000% accurate. They they they're, they're taking a million tight ty- uh uh t- ticking time bombs and letting them walk the streets. That's what's happening.
5: Yes. And I I'm really I mean I everybody is concerned about getting on the subway in varying degrees walking through Times Square. It's tough you know then you have to feel for people going through it on this other level and their very existence is being put on the street and replaced that would trigger paranoia and true paranoia <laughs> like well, how could this be happening to me you know and uh in my professional training uh I've worked with you know patients for many years and I love the work however I didn't go as far as extremely mentally ill but I had a few visits I I had a few escorted visits around the uh, locked penal psych ward of Bergen County it's a locked ward for people who are a danger and a threat to themselves and others imminently mm-hmm. and so I had a tour three times people recognized me and they were professionally connected one way or the other to me in my history all good. So I got tours. And it is very scary, very restrained. And, you know, people were concerned about where are they going to go when they leave here? You know, and that's what we're talking about now. And now it's exponentially through the roof with what's going on with the buses arriving and people being relocated. The grandmothers are upset.
3: Right, <laughs> yeah. right.
5: You know, that, you know that's you a, get that's I a good thing. That's time. a
3: good thing. That's a good thing, Kathy, that the grandmothers yes. are upset in Staten Island because who's going to who's going to stand up to the grandmothers? They're going to they're going to they're going to lay down their foot and demand the right thing be done. And I say bravo to the grandmothers that are fighting. Bravo.
5: And bravo to you, Dominic, because you showed your feelings and authenticity, and that can only make a difference rather than just blurbs and, this is awful, you know, this is horrendous. <laughs> you yes. really get into the uh, the authenticity of it all, and you care. So thank you.
3: Thank you, Kathy. You have in New Jersey. You have a wonderful morning. Let's go from New Jersey to Brooklyn. Good morning, Larry. What's on your mind?
1: Yeah, first of all, I don't think uh, <clears throat> Michael is long-winded. I think everything comes out right. If anything, Jacqueline is long winded and irrelevant. Um, but anyway, what I want to say is, you look, I respect the links that you have uh, with uh, mental illness, but that's not, I think you shortchange the people of New York when you only approach it from a mental illness perspective and, and don't, uh, don't put any other analysis on Larry,
3: Larry, I have from not listen. only approached Larry. I have not only approached this issue from a mental illness perspective. Uh, this morning I am, but go ahead. Please continue with your point.
1: Okay, what I mean specifically is this: you have a situation here where there's an unman, an unpatrolled station in a in a high crime area in in the well, middle of the night. Right. So you're no going to start with there. your uh,
3: attacks on the police. Go, go ahead.
1: Now, listen. Look. Can I finish?
3: Yeah, like, but but, but you got to, Larry. Larry, we have six. We have five minutes left in the show. You got to get to the All point. Right.
1: So let me so let me make my point unobstructed. So basically in the in a station like that you have I got a I got to give it to you
3: Larry. I got to give it to you. It's called the Dominic Carter show and you just told me don't obstruct you. I got to give it to you. I really do. I've got seven calls standing by with 5 minutes left and you want to pontificate for for 15 minutes. But go ahead.
1: Oh, but go ahead. Okay. So you have a female uh, you have a female uh, token booth clerk in a, in, a, in a station with no cops. Now, wouldn't it be a li- would it show a little bit of uh, of thought and ingenuity to put a male there, not obligating him not uh, not Larry. Up, not, obliga- not obligating him to come out, Larry? You,
3: him. You, you have you have I you, thought you,
1: you only you, had six minutes. I thought okay, you're done. Six minutes. you're
3: done. You're done now. Loving. For the you're done, Larry. Thank you. We'll continue this another night. This is ridiculous what you're saying. Oh, wouldn't it make sense to have a man there? Do, do you think the transit authority knew this was going to happen at that location? There are laws you can't place men certain places and not place women. Are you thinking about what you're saying before just just uttering it? Or are you just talking for the sake of talking? Oh, there should have been a man there. Well, if we knew what was going to happen, Larry, with all due respect, then the police would have been there. No one knows what. Th- this is the point with mental illness. Oh, have, have a male clerk. Are you serious? Are, are, are we serious here? Let, let's, let's be real here, folks. Let's go to Tom in Westchester, and then I'm going to bring in Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. Good morning, Tom. What's on your mind?
8: Well, good morning. Uh, listen, I, I, I work for—I uh, don't like saying much because I work for MTA. I've been here over 20 years. I work nights. I see a lot of things down there. Okay. Now, I also see a lot of people. You know, a lot of people need help. You know, whether by choice or, or you know they need to do it themselves. You know, do it themselves. But what I do see a lot is the rampant drug use, and I mean hard drugs. And 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 no doubt that inflicts. Because we don't know what this guy's issue is, you know. I don't know if it's drug, self-drug and do, you know, using. I've seen people down there drink hand sanitizer all the time, man. Are God you serious, of, Tom? Well, I'm, dead, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead serious. I was going to use that A S S word too, but I am dead serious. I see drinking hand sanitizer, man. I mean, people, you know, if you're an addict, you'll get on hand. You get whatever you can, man, to cope. But but when when people get when it gets to like that, where your brain is so fried. what really disturbs me is when you have a, a district attorney who who refuses to prosecute anybody because it's really in many cases it, it's attempted murder down there. And like you said earlier, people sometimes if they don't want to take their medication, if they don't want to, you know, then the state or the needs to take charge. And protected citizens. That's just the
3: truth. Yes. And
8: they're not Tom, doing that.
3: They're I not, mean, you Tom, gotta I you've got to they care about more. No, I, I agree with you Tom I, Maybe you can call me tomorrow I have to step in Because this man Has been patiently waiting Frank Marano Who's coming up next On the other side of midnight Thank you Tom Good morning Frank How are you this morning I'm doing great Dominic
2: Sounding great as always Good to see well, you thank
3: you my friend What do you have coming up all I right. can't wait to hear you
2: uh, oh, Dr. Sky next hour Man with the best voice In all of radio Last yes, week yes. Everybody <laughs> That's pretty good actually <laughs> if, he can't, if he can't make it We may have you to sub in Just pretend you know something about the moon. but last week, with that. Last week, everybody uh, was transfixed looking at this supermoon. Now, there's some other news related to the moon. Not only what uh, discoveries are being made there, but what countries like India have done in terms of lunar exploration. Some really interesting stuff that not only has to do with space, but it has to do with the geopolitical scene as well. And uh, we've talked a little bit about ranked choice voting and be joined by an expert, Stephen Hill, who's going explain why he thinks ranked choice voting might help avoid some of the acrimony in our country today. And uh, I have some interesting news out of the latest migrant protest in Staten Island yesterday or just a few hours ago. And it was something that I warned about yesterday. People are going to want to hear this.
3: Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. And do me a favor, Frank, please don't keep me up all night long. Can, can you handle that?
2: <laughs> no, no promises, <laughs> darling. No promises. Frank
3: Marano, the other side of midnight, coming up right after news headlines. See you folks again in 24 hours. Have a great day.